good to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. It's great. These are times that more than ever we need the word of the Lord. Amen. The scripture says that thy word and a light to my path. The word of God will give us direction in times of uncertainty and uh, fears. And um, tonight, before I share anything, tonight, remember that our program is starting in uh, the, the north. We want to lift up our voices to God and ask the Lord to show great grace so that there will be the word of the Lord will have a free course that many will be saved, that many will be delivered, that many will be healed, that the word of God will bring strength to them there. Let's rise to our feet for a moment and bring the program at Bintiri before the Lord. As we pray, acting in faith, say, whatsoever two shall agree on earth is help also upheld in heaven. And we decree also that whatever we arrest any spiritual opposition to the work going on there, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We lift up our voice to the Lord. Show great grace. Let there be great grace in the work that is going on out there. Let that be an open heavens in the name of Jesus. Let there be a testimony that the Lord was present with his word to heal, to deliver, to save. Oh Lord, may the Lord open the hearts of the people that the word of the Lord will have a free entrance in the name of Jesus. In that neighborhood, in the name of Jesus. We pray also for fair weather, that the Lord will grant the, the, the team, all of us over there, a fair weather. As our people go out there, things will run smoothly. No strange winds, no strange rain to disrupt the work. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, show great grace. Great mercy, O oh Lord, upon the people in that neighborhood. O oh Lord, that many souls will be saved. Loose them from the bondage of hell, from the bondage of Satan. O oh Lord, of sin, of disease, of every infirmity. In the name of Jesus. Before we take our seats, whilst we are still standing in prayer, last Sunday we spoke about setting the national agenda. And I said, among other things, that if we don't set the national agenda, evil men and women will meet in secret places and do that. And so it's important to set the national agenda through prayer, through our words, and through our action, through the things we do. And we're going to pray for the next few moments for this nation that any secret agenda that people have about the destiny of this nation be counseled in the name of Jesus. There are people with different agenda. 
destructive agenda, diversionary agenda, divisive agenda, oh, agenda that brings fear and panic and confusion, agenda that is uh, 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 like a self-destruct button for the country. We want to lift up our voice and say, any, conf- any conspiracy, any plots, any negotiations going on to, de- to, to confuse the future, to mortgage the future of the nation, be cancelled in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and speak to the Lord in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice in the name of Jesus. Don't be comforted. Oh Lord, woe unto them that are easy in Zion. That's what the scripture says. Lift up your voice and say, it will not happen. Any plot, any machinations going on in secret places, in covens, in cemeteries, in, 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 in places of idols. Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, be cancelled. Anything being done in forests, Oh, against the destiny, any mortgaging of the destiny of the land concerning the upcoming election, be cancelled. Any evil plots, oh, against the people of the land, be nullified. And we speak against the evil men and women. Oh, we prophesy against them and we expose their dealings and we expose them. Oh, Lord, let your hand, oh, Lord, come against these ones. Oh, Lord, rise up, oh, Lord, on behalf of the saints, on behalf of the nation, and have mercy upon us, oh, Lord. For the sake of your children, uh, deliver your children from evil, uh, from the plots of the wicked. Uh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, counsel, O oh, oh Lord, uh, the counsel of the wicked, uh, the Ahitophels, uh, nullify them, uh, expose their folly, in the name of Jesus, uh, and let the righteous ruler, let your truth ruler, let your goodness ruler, let your mercy ruler, let your kindness ruler, in the land, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Nicolo Brocoto. The scripture says, when they did not believe God, they, it was given to them a spirit of delusion that they may believe a lie. One of the problems we are having in this nation is that too many people believe lies, propaganda, seem to work more than truth. And it's a spiritual thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's an abnormality. People are gullible. People believe anything they see and they hear. And people work out schemes to mislead people. In the name of Jesus. And dispel, cancel the power of deception upon the land. Uh, any blindness in the minds of people uh, in the name of Jesus. Any veil be unveiled in the name of Jesus. Uh, any confusion of thought uh, in the name of Jesus uh, be nullified, uh, be brought to naught in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice, everybody, and talk to God. And say, Lord, uh, we refuse to be under the veil of confusion and deception uh, in the land. In the name of Jesus, we expose the plots of the deceiver. In the name of Jesus. This nation will not live in deceit. Uh, will not live under deception. Uh, in the name of Jesus, open the eyes of the people of the land. Uh, let us see the truth. Let us understand the truth. Let us descend in our time. Let us not be deceived. Deception will not rule over our land. Confusion will not. In the name of Jesus, O oh Lord, we pray. Let, Lord, clarity of thought. Let clarity of thought. 
prevail in the land in the name of Jesus. Let clear understanding, oh Kama, oh Lord, in the governance of this nation, let truth prevail. La Barakata La Baba, Randa La Baba La Kataya, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. La Musaka La Kataya. Now, as we receive the word of God, pray to the Lord. La Lord, give me understanding that your word will be applied in my life. I will not just be a hearer, but I will be a doer of your word. I pray, O oh God, that you grant the grace not just to be a hearer. I want to be a doer that I will affect other lives. Sir. Paul said that, that the word that Timothy was receiving, oh, that he knew, he should commit to faithful men who will teach others also. May we have the grace that whatever we are hearing and experiencing tonight, sir, we will pass it on to others sir, oh, who will teach others also in the name of Jesus. Ask for that grace to be a hearer and a, and a doer and a teacher of God's word. I want to be a hearer. I want to be a teacher. I want to be affected by your word, oh Lord. I want to influence others by your word. I want to teach your word. I want those that I teach also to teach others, oh Lord. I want to have a free course, your word to have a free course in my life. Oh Lord, let your word prevail in my life. Let your word not just be a word of mouth, but a word of power, a word of power, a word of power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let your word have a free course in my life, O oh Lord. In the life of my brethren, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Reign, Jesus, reign. Rule in my life. Rule in my heart. Rule in my word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Please take your seats. Tonight, we are blessed to share fellowship under the theme, standing to maintain the love for the brethren. Maintain the love for the brethren. Hallelujah. I want to say that this subject is as important as the most important commandment Jesus taught us. Hallelujah. Somebody came to Jesus and asked him about the most important commandment. And remember what happened? Shall love the Lord their God. Then he said, and you will also love your neighbor as yourself. He came to ask Jesus about how to make it. And Jesus told him, give him the commandment. And he told him this, this was the most important thing. So loving is very, very important. Beyond loving God, loving our neighbors is very, very important. And then the man asked him, who then is my neighbor? And remember the story in Luke chapter 10, where we are told of the parable of the good Samaritan. I'll mention that in person. But let me say um, that the absence of love in the lives of many believers has caused many to backslide. Do you know that one of the major reasons why people leave churches is because they don't feel loved? Because of offense. Because they feel that people don't treat them right. One of the, I was reading yesterday a book, and they were talking about the statistics about pastors who leave the ministry. And I saw that probably in five years, more than half pastors who enroll at least in America, don't remain. And a lot of it has to do with people and their behavior. It's not because they don't hear from God. 
Not because they don't know that God has told them to go and preach. They can't handle it when it comes to relating to the people. Either they cut into the flock, they can't handle it relating to the other ministers, they can't handle it relating to the way they are received. It's all about this subject that we call love. The way they receive themselves. So the church, the members, the flock, the flock suffer from either a lack or a misunderstanding or a misapplication of love. And then the, 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 the pastors are suffering and the flock also are suffering. There are many people who, become, who come to the faith and after a period quit. Last week, there was a big political figure, or two, a big political figure in Ghana. And I read, in fact, he's a regional chairman of one of the political parties. I don't want to go political now. And he said that he has become a Muslim. I don't know how many of you saw the headline. And they gave an imam, he said some Arabic, uh, Arabic Muslim name. And his reason was that he lost his daughter. And the Christians did not show as much affection as the Muslims. So he decided to be a Muslim. You may say that it's not anything, I mean, it's not mature. I'm not sure about his Christian foundation anyway. But it's a sign that people, when it, people are very sensitive when it comes to these issues about love. That is why we must not belittle why, why we must stand in love, especially concerning the brethren, irrespective of the situation you find yourself in. Say amen. A lot of times, when people are faced with difficult situations, the word of God is thrown to the wind. If there's no good or benefit in doing good, then there's no good benefit in doing bad. And we say, like one guy who came to my office some time ago said, Say, Papa Nyeshia, Boni Nyeshi. If good, if I'm not go, if I do good and I'm not going to benefit, then I might as well do evil. And they say this thing to themselves, and they go the other extreme of being very wicked, being revengeful, and being very difficult to love. Hallelujah. But tonight, I want you to know that in love, God kind of love, there is a way of escape. Hallelujah. It is possible to love in God and still in even difficult situations overcome. Hallelujah. You know, one of the delusions in the faith is that a lot of times when you talk about Oh, love. So, but I'm not quarreling with anybody. I don't, I've not insulted anybody. So I love. If I were to ask all of us here, for example, at any given time, have you or do you wish that evil came upon somebody around you? Not that you said it, but in your heart. When I say you wish, it means that if the person stumbled, made an error, 
was exposed that the person, everybody thought he was very good or she was very good. How will you feel when you hear the news that, ah, this person that everybody thought he was very good or she was very good, uh, not knowing this thing, you think about it. I'm just helping us all to do an examination of how much love is in us. You know whether you love or not. Because when you have not tested yourself, you can think that, oh, oh, I'm a good giver. I have done this. Oh, I don't quarrel with this person. Is that person who is quarreling with that person or having a fight? But if you look at desire, one of the best ways, you see, the scripture says in, uh, in Jeremiah 17, verse 10, it says that God examines the thoughts and intents. God deals with our intents. We human beings, usually we deal with the surface. So, when we examine our intents, we will know whether we love or not. And one of the ways of examining is when you look at the wishes that you have for people. That if this person fell in trouble or was in need, how will I feel? If you turn around yourself in the church, if you want to see like in the church, look around. You turn your neck and look around. Left, right, back, front. And see, if there is somebody that you could tell that, mm, that this, so that what I have been through, he or she will understand. Sometimes, especially we evangelicals who believe in faith and power and all of that, the idea of that revenge is to show that me too, God loves me. Me too, God hears my prayer. Me too, I'm spiritual. Another way of testing it's when evil comes upon people, not the wish, but when the evil has come. Deep inside there is a voice that says, aha. If it happens that way, it means that the love is being questioned. Hallelujah. Another way of knowing if one is operating in love or not, or perfect love or not, is when there is contact, physical or whatever, there is an emotional fear. Love is not perfect for a brother or a sister or somebody. You see that when you meet, even though you haven't said anything, the person hasn't said anything, how many bear witness what I'm saying? You sense that you wish that the meeting would just end quickly. So that you can, you can move on with life. It's a sign that love is not perfected. When you, you, are, you meet someone, or maybe somebody mentions the person's name, or somebody asks you about the person, you see that the love is not perfected because you are uncomfortable about the discussion on the person. It's an indication that love, because the scripture says, perfect love casts out all fear. The reason why the love, you are, there is some fear, there is some anxiety, is because the love is not perfected. But if I were to ask you, do you love sister so-so and so, or brother so-so and so, oh, oh, but I love him, I love her. But when you see brother XYZ, or sister XYZ, something goes through you. That thing that's going through you is a sign that your love is not made perfect. Or you see, brother XYZ, 
and a preconceived idea of, aha, uh-huh, there he goes again. Or there she goes again. And it's not a good idea. Because, you see, when you read 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5 and 6, it says, Love thinketh not evil. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So if we are thinking that way about rejoices in the truth. So if you are seeing a brother or a sister, a husband or a wife, a relative, somebody around you, a boss, you say, oh, I love the boss. I mean, I'm a good worker. I, I, but when you look at these things, when you make contact, something goes, your heart misses a bit. When you have to think about your prayer, praying for that person is difficult. And sometimes, the prayer that some of us pray is for God to show to them that you too, you are, you, are, you are God's child. You are praying for your stepmother, your auntie, your uncle, your cousin, or somebody in the church. Lord, vindicate me before my enemies. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Any trap they have set for me, may they fall in a hundred times. Even though you are praying for the person, the motive is wrong. Oh Lord, speak for me. In, on campus when we were student leaders, there was a song, <laughs> We were leading students on Aluta with these songs. The motive was wrong. Telling God, judge my case for me. And you see, it is, this mindset is reinforced in our day by a lot of our gospel musicians. It's all about God, judge my case for me. And the people that they want God to judge a case for are not worldly, wicked people. Who, they are people in the church. Some of them, even they are pastors. Some of them, they are their husbands. Some of them, they are their wives. Some of them, even their own children. The way they pray, the prayer topics are an indication of the love that is in one's heart. Say Amen. If one is not working in perfect love, one of the things you can tell when you are making a mistake or you have made a mistake, what is your greatest fear? Many of us, our fear is not that God will judge us and kill us. No. That, that person that you think may, is an enemy will get to know that you two messed up. Things didn't go well with you. Are you thinking about it, what I'm saying? It's an indication that even though maybe you have not declared war in, in your heart, you know that things are not right in terms of love. So, the thing is happening around. Instead of focusing on how I can write things with God, our focus is on 
will this sister see it? Or will that person see it? If he sees it, I will feel bad because I don't want to be humiliated before my enemy. Like David. It's a sign that love is not made perfect. But we can delude ourselves by, oh, we are singing together. Let there be love. We sing the nice songs. We can look nice, but inside. These things I'm saying are things I've experienced and I've seen. And that's why I'm sharing with you. Amen. And I, I, I want to encourage you, if you are going through these things, pray that by the time we leave here tonight, the Holy Spirit will help you. Because the scripture says in Romans 5.5 5, that God let's look at that. I want to read that. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Okay, this is New King James. King James says, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So if love has to come, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Tonight, before we end the service, trust God and ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. All these things we are talking about just to let us know that our love is not perfect. But we want our love to be perfect. We want, because if we don't walk in perfect love, we may miss God. Hallelujah. For God is love. First John 4, 7 and 8. It's one of the songs I learned very young as a Christian. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. God is love. He that loveth not, is not knoweth not God. For God is love. It's a very nice way to learn scriptures. Singing through songs. First John 4, 7 and 8. So in God, there is true love. Hallelujah. Let's look at Matthew 5, verse 46. Where is really where I'm now beginning. Matthew 5, 46. If ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans do the same. The, the King James calls tax collectors publicans. Because in those days, the publicans, the tax collectors, were mean, wicked people. They will, if the government says they should tax you one Ghana, they will come and take five Ghana from you. And if you don't pay it, they were do collecting it for Caesar. If you don't pay, because they were giving executive power, they abused their powers. So he's saying that don't even those wicked people have a fault, do the same. If they connect each other among themselves, among the tax collectors or their family people, they show mercy to themselves. But to other people who are not tax collectors, they were very mean. Hallelujah. So this love we are talking about tonight. We are not talking about love that is that we find easy to love. A few years ago, the Lord opened my eyes to something and he gave me a message. I said, I want you to understand what it means to love the unlovable or those that are difficult to be loved. And I've been in a school of learning to love those that are difficult to love ever since. Amen. So what I'm sharing with you are things I've learned in my school, the school that the Lord has taken me through, loving those that are difficult to be loved. It's another topic, it's another way of 
uh, labeling this, to this topic tonight. How do you love those that are difficult to be loved? Because, you see, it's easy to love those that are easy to be loved. If somebody buys you clothes, if somebody always smiles at you, if somebody always respects you, if somebody always seems to care for you and seems to care for your wife, care for your husband, care for your children, care for your needs, and always giving you, supporting you, respecting you, uh, uh, being there for you, defend right or wrong, it's very easy to say, I love this person. Hallelujah. But if the other way around, the person does not appreciate, seem to appreciate you in your eyes. Sometimes the people we think don't appreciate us really may be appreciating us. The person doesn't seem to respect you. you the, when you're giving up your best and you've shown your love, and you've shown them the best of time, the best of service, the best of support, they give you a stab at the back. And when you go through these things, when you feel betrayed, when you feel not appreciated, which is a spirit of the end time. Hallelujah. Let's look at um, um, 2 Timothy chapter 3. In there. Know this also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. You see, you are loving somebody, but he or she loves himself more than you. This is end time spirit. Hallelujah. So the people we are supposed to love are not people who love other people, but people who are in the end time who love themselves. You, when you get your ten CDs, you share with him or her. But when he gets his ten, he hides or she hides it. When you are even in need, you can't go to them because they are, they, they, the way they will, they will act, you can't go to them. Now look at that. Covetous. The little you have, they want it. In addition to them, they want it. Covetousness. Hallelujah. You go on to the next one. Boasters. Proud. It's not easy to love proud people. When somebody... And seemingly humble, most people can walk over people like that. They, uh, they say, oh, this brother is caring. Not because he's caring, because you can trample over them sometimes. People that, that have mere pushovers, walkovers, everybody likes them. I think there's a movie called what? Everybody Loves Raymond. And this is supposed to be a, 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 what do you call it? Some jovial person, whatever, I don't know. When you are jovial and always sharing and making light of any serious matter, it looks like you are lovable. But when sometimes you have to tell people the truth, it's difficult for people to show you love. Proud. Blasphemous. Disobedient to parents. People, you know, there are people in church who are parents who hate their children. They won't say that they hate their children, but their behavior shows that they hate their children. That's why I gave you the test. There are people in church who hate their wives or who hate their husbands. 
They won't tell you that they want the hate. But if they were to hear that the man was, had the stroke, was dying, they would, they would say, oh, God is answering my prayer. Because this is like I've been telling you about um, when uh, Abacha died. The Nigerian politician who said that he should go to the hottest part of hell. He said, this is good riddance to bad rubbish. Abacha's death is good riddance to bad rubbish. He must go to hell and go to the hottest part of hell. Because he has caused Nigeria so much problem. And there are people, wives, husbands, sometimes children, relatives, who wish that something like that. Even church members who may wish that things like that will happen to other church members or even some of their leaders. Because like you get to the top, they can't handle the situation. Somebody is the cause of all the issues, the problems. If I hadn't married this man, like I'll be free. Or this woman, like I'll be free doing what I want to do. If it's not for this person who stood in my way, I would have been free to be in the world doing what I want to do. So that person comes in as an, in, uh, uh, an obstruction. That's the generation we're in. Unthankful. If people are unthankful to you, it's very difficult to show love by giving them things. Isn't it true? When you gave the first gift, they didn't say thank you. Instead of giving to you, and even the worst of all, after, after not saying thank you, they just use it for some rubbish thing. Your precious money, you used to buy a precious thing. They just use it as junk. And you saw it. You get upset. Or they gave it to somebody in a way that you didn't expect. It's a sign that they are unthankful. Or they didn't, or they didn't come to you to say thank you. Or thank you, brother. So it has caused offense in you. In this, in this is the generation in which we live, where people are unthankful. You help people, you sacrifice your time. You are a caterer. The people you, you serve, you, they, they, they will come last minute, don't come early. They don't have enough money. And you use your money to, serve, to help them. They had a nice wedding. When they finished after the wedding, when they saw you in church, they just walked by you. It's very difficult to love such people. Isn't it true? And I'm very sure you have experiences like that. And not, not only that, when they finished, they met people at the usher department and the protocol department and said, this woman, she is very wicked. Even when I went, if I had known, I should have gone to her. After you have sacrificed your money and your time, you gave them, you open your door to them. They were, they were destitute. They didn't have anything to, to live on. You opened your door. You made a way for them. You paid fees. You paid that. You supported them. And you thought you were doing it in the name of brotherly love. But as you were doing it, the person didn't treat you well. When you see another brother who say the story will come back, who's saying the same story, we said, like my little nephew used to say, I've heard it all before. I've heard it all before. I've heard it all before. This story, when it starts, it's like when you, you meet your old school friends who are into drugs at Dankwa Circle and those places, and they tell you, oh, my mommy's car, you know, broke down at Ostushel, uh, and I had to buy petrol 20 CDs, and you know, you hear the story. When they start, now you know where it's going. I took my car, my mother, my father's car here. And they, they, so you can tell where the story is going. You can tell where it will end you up. So you say, oh, you, immediately it starts, then you shut your heart. 
But this is a generation that are unthankful. And when we say generation, don't misconstrue me. I'm not talking about young people. We're talking about even old people. Church members. A pastor was going through a crisis some years ago. He told us in a meeting. He said, when I was going through my crisis, these same church members that I baptized, these same church members I counseled in their marriage, these same church members I, I married together, Today, look at them. They have turned their backs. Some of them even quit the church because he was having a problem. And they said evil things. Some answered media interviews and said all kinds of things against him. And when you are like that, when you go through that, it can be very, if you are not careful, the wounds of that can make it difficult for you to love anybody again. Hallelujah. That's what this scripture is saying. Unthankful. When you meet unholy people, it's very difficult to show love. Because if you are not careful, you'll be judgmental. You'll be judgmental. you think that, ah, only good people deserve your goodness. But the scripture says in Romans 5, 8, For God commended his love towards us. In the world we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But many of us, we can't contain. If, if people are in the church and say, this person, she looks worldly too much. This girl, she's giving us too much wahala. This boy, he's troublesome. It's very difficult for us to be patient and to be kind and say, oh, we want to show love. And say, oh, let me give another child. No. We just usually find it easy to say, oh, that's it. I'm done. That's why we are, the kind of love we are talking about, standing for love. Today we are not dealing with, oh, basics, those that we pass that level. We are dealing with what Jesus said. If you do good or you are showing love to those that are easy to show love to, who usually give you good respect, honor you, be good, kind, be uh, righteous, and be all of that, it's very easy, brother. Bishop, welcome, Bishop. <laughs> I even forgot that you are here. This Bishop Matthew Akambu, Action Chapel Bishop for where? Oh, Central Europe. <laughs> He's my good brother, so I can tease him. He's the man who said that today the heavens will kiss the earth when he came to preach here one time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Many times, even in showing love to the brethren, we, we size people up spiritually. Isn't that true? So those who look a certain way, dress a certain way, have a certain look and posture that we don't find very spiritual in quotes. We find it hard to stretch out the love of God to them. Those that we know, we feel that, oh, this one, she's he is, if, if I invest in him or her, I'll get good result returns. But this one, Puske Leke and all these things and the way it is, the way they talk and the kind of people in the church that she's even flowing with, they are not the kind of people that if you invest, she's already spoiled. Or he's already wayward. He's not the kind of person I can, I can, I don't gel with him. I don't gel with her. That's the language we have now. We use jargons like gel. I don't flow. It's another word for saying that you don't love him or her. 
What is I don't flow? Is it in the Bible? Is there a word in the Bible called I don't flow with other, each other or don't flow with each other? Is it there? It's not in the Bible. It's a hypocritical word for not loving or loving. So we are ashamed of the word I can't love this brother or sister. So we use flow or gel. So that will, that will, that will reduce the sense of shame or guilt. That's the reality. So, oh, we don't, we, we, I'm trying, but so we just flow. Not that there's anything, we just don't flow. <laughs> but we love each other, but we don't flow. <laughs> How many here have heard that, uh, used that expression before? Or you have that with people? You know, this one, we just don't flow. When the scripture in Ephesians tells us that the middle wall of partition has been broken and we are supposed to flow, get along with everybody, you find out, oh, we, use, we use expressions like that to cover up our inability or our not doing what we have to do for the other brother or sister. Amen. Amen. I'm still starting. When you are confronted by people who reject you, the arrow comes and hits you. When you are confronted by people who you think conspire against you, it's very difficult to show. When you are confronted by people you think don't appreciate you and what you have and who you are, you think people discriminate against you because of your ethnicity. And you have labeled people based on their background. Oh, as for these people, they don't respect us. As for this, so in your mind, no matter how much the person or the people who try to show love and uh, support, you have been programmed that this, uh, this one is just hypocrite. It's just doing the surface. Because it's church that they are trying to do. But really, it's not in the heart. Unless those, that's why you see Paul writing in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5, talks about the, the weapons of our welfare. He says, pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations. The, 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 the biggest to perfect love is imaginations. Demonic strongholds. It's not demonic demons wearing horn black jumper and, and jumping around. No. It is the imaginations, thought patterns, stereotypes, misconceptions, distortions of ideas, value systems which are wrong. That people are programmed and believe in and hold on to and fuel by the actions and inactions of one another. Ideas, feelings, views, thoughts that we look at and say, because this person, logic, my logic says that A, B, C is a boy, these two people, anytime I see them, they are smiling, they are laughing. It's about me, they are laughing. Last two weeks, I saw them. When I saw them in this door, they were like, this week, I've seen them. So it's me. So this, look, this time, I decided that this, they don't respect. 
As for these girls in this church, or these youth in this church, they don't expect. They, they, this and that. They, I saw them doing A or B or C. And I have programmed. Once it enters your mindset, when they wear yellow, yellow, it means they are planning this. When they wear red, red, it means this. When they, 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 one looks up and one looks down, it means this. And you have programmed it in your mind, and it's there. I'm telling you, only God can deliver you. That's why it says the love of God, the Holy Ghost, shed abroad now by the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Spirit will break such imaginations. If He doesn't break these imaginations and thought patterns, oh my dear, you can be in church for 20 years, 30 years, and still be wounded, hurt, and, 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 and infecting many with your offense and hurt. You will find out, you may find out only when you get to the gate of heaven or hell. Wherever you end up. We, it's, it's, the word of God is the only arsenal we can use to dismantle these thought patterns. Say amen. And over the years, by the grace of God, as I have been a Christian all these years, I've seen that it works. I've seen many people ask me all the time, how do you get along with... There are people that are very difficult sometimes, especially ministers, pastors, preachers. And say, oh, this person is like that. That person, how is he your friend? How come he's your friend for so long? Because the way, we, the way he is, we can't flow with him. The way they are, we can't, this church, the way they are, we can't flow with them. The way these people are, we can't flow with them and all of that. The truth of the matter is that, the, you see, we are bought one by one blood, one family, one body. And we had the capacity to, for the want of a better word, use the word flow with each other. Hallelujah. If we allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to be activated in us, we, can, we have the capacity. There is an enablement by the Spirit for us to be able to flow. Flow, if the word is flow. Get on well. Relate well. Love each other. Standing in love with one another. Even when it is difficult. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you a few things that the Lord has shown me in this work. To be able to, to flow with people over the years. And there are quite a number, but I'll see how well, we can, how many as we can within this time allotted. allotted and then we will um, we'll pray. Number one, God always tells me that, look what I have done for you. What has God done for you? When I'm finding it hard to forget to somebody, the word that comes to my heart is, what has God done? First John 4, 19. First John 4, 19. As he has loved us, so ought we to love if we love him because he first loved us. Any time, and, and the principle of his love is also from what I said earlier from Romans 5 8. God commended his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners, whilst we were yet sinners. See, so. Uh, the moment I tried to become judgmental, and then the Holy Ghost says, but you, when you were a sinner, is when I love you. I didn't wait for you to change fully. 
and, and then he refers me to the, the, the story of the, 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 the parable of the, of the prodigal son. The Bible said, and whilst he was a long way off, his father got up. So I said, ah, if this brother sign of any indication, I don't have to prove beyond reasonable doubt that he or she has totally repented. Uh, or they have come and they are begging me and they are crawling on the ground so I can walk on them. Then I know that they have repented. No. He said, God commended his love towards us in that whilst we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Whilst I am trying to sort out the technicalities and the details and what I think is the cause of the action and inaction or the negligence, the disrespect, the unthankfulness or whatever perceptions, misconceptions I may have about the motive, the fact that, oh, he is doing it because he doesn't respect me or he's doing it because he doesn't love me, he doesn't care for me or she doesn't care for me. Whilst I am, that is yet to be solved, my position is that God commended his love towards us. Hallelujah. So you look at first what God has done for me or you. And that should enable you. Because it's in the Bible. The parable in Matthew. Two guys. One who has offended his master old big time. The master said you are forgiven. Then what happened? He goes and the friend who is owing him much less. What does he do? He holds his neck. Holds his trouser, say, hey, enter jail. You are going to be in trouble. Pay me or you pay with your life. And the scripture says that people went to tell the king or the big, the big boss. The big boss said, this, this no, no, it won't happen. So you were owing bigger. I forgave you. And you couldn't forgive your neighbor. Hallelujah. So the first thing that I always think about is, Lord, if the Lord have, have been so evil, I've done so many things. Even today, I've sinned. Even, even in the church, as we are thinking and analyzing, the way the analysis may be going, even in speaking what God wants you to say, we are all, we are unfortunate one way or the other. Maybe God gave me an instruction, I should have said, I shouldn't say. So many things. And God's grace covers me. And I can stand boldly. I'm not standing here because I'm the best and the holiest person and the most righteous person. And you don't do what you, you, you don't get into your position because you are the best not because you have entered the Holy of Holies in Jerusalem. Not because you have been washed with hyssop and all of that. Oil, anointed, whatever it is. No. Not because you know the scriptures and you know Genesis to Revelation. Twenty times you read it and you can quote it all. No. God commended his love towards us. In the words where yes, sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. I look at it and I say, if I, with all my guilt and shame and all my mistakes, all my errors, Forced and unforced. If you listen to, watch uh, tennis commentary, you know that there's something called unforced error. Forced error and unforced error. Uh, what do they call it? They, they said, uh, the, 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 the theologians have another expression. They say that um, sin that is conscious and unconscious. I don't know what sin is sin. Sin of commission and omission. Whichever way it is, all my sins of omission and commission, the ones that even social sins, as the Catholics normally put it, social sins, like neglecting the poor, not taking care of society, not speaking about ills in, in public, all of it, God puts it together. I say, in spite of all of that, He still can use me 
to come to his presence. Not only to be just a worshipper, but also to help his people. I think I'm privileged. I don't have to take it against anybody else. I need to release anybody. I need to let others feel free. Hallelujah. And that is one of the keys that I don't joke with when I'm relating to people. Because I realize that, really, if you don't get this understanding about God's relationship with you, so far as love is concerned, you can never get your relationship with others, so far as love is concerned. Hallelujah. So the first thing is, what has God done for you? The second thing is, God forgives. Makes, God makes forgiveness easy. I can make forgiveness easy. Ephesians 4.32 Ephesians 4 is a passage that deals a lot with loving under difficult circumstances. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I, God didn't forgive me or didn't forgive you because you fully turned around and did what? Even as a believer, you might say, oh, but that was when we were not born again. But even now, the forgiveness we receive is not always Sometimes somebody can even just say a prayer for you. When we intercede for people to be forgiven, they may not even know God may just have mercy. And listen to the cry of the pastor. Listen to the cry of your husband. Listen to the cry of your wife. God may intend to bring a certain judgment. But for the sake of somebody, or for the sake of his mercy, through Christ, he just says, okay, it doesn't matter. And as he does that, we too, we have the capacity to pass on Hallelujah. So the ability, the key to forgiveness, for, to, to releasing people is given to you and I through the word called forgiveness. Letting, off people, uh, letting people off the hook and saying that for the sake of Christ, I'm willing to do it for you. Hallelujah. And every day I rehearse uh, like this, it helps me to let things go. So uh, it's difficult for me to recount a lot of the things that somebody might do or might have done and didn't do and should have done for me. I mean, I, I think that when you are able to get this scripture right, God has a way of erasing from our heads and our hearts some of these things. Hallelujah. May God help you as he raises yours as well. Amen. Another thing that helps to love difficult people who are unthankful, who are revengeful, who are, who are, who are, who are, who are covetous, who, are, who may be unholy, who may not be your kind of person, is humility. Romans 12 teaches us that. Verse 3. Romans 12 verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, this chapter, chapter 12 of Romans, is one of the strongest chapters on love. 
Apart from 1 Corinthians 13, one of the scriptures, the passages you need to learn very well if you want to be a person that works in love towards especially difficult people and forgiveness and all of that is Romans chapter 12. Even though it starts off talking about renewal of mind and all, all that, the real theme is about love and about living together as a body, understanding the body system in Christ. And he goes on to talk about even vengeance and all of that. The way to deal with vengeance. When you understand that vengeance belongs to God. It's a whole chapter about love. Even though he brings up the issue of ministries and gifts and all of that in the middle of the, the way. The real subject that's been discussed is love. And he's teaching us from the beginning that one of the biggest hindrances to perfect love and loving the people that are difficult People that are offensive, people that don't appreciate, people that are wicked, people that, that are unholy, is sin. Why do we say, why did Paul talk about humility there? Because usually, when we, we feel we are righteous, we become self-righteous and we become judgmental. He's talking about humility, not in making yourself mobble-mobble. Not in looking pious. But humility in heart, in relating to God. And knowing that God has had compassion on you and I. And so you can also learn to have compassion on the neighbor. Hallelujah. That we don't think of ourselves and say that, oh, if I, it was me, this small thing, how should he allow himself to be taken by this? Why should he make this mistake? Me, me, that's, why I don't, that's why I don't do my things that way. One friend of mine, second school, say, Me, I know the lost so. You, you know the lost so. That statement, ask for me, ask for me, ask for me, is, it could be a sign of pride. Me, my word is my bond, Me, my word is my bond, <laughs> It says it could be a sign of pride. Even though God urges us to be principled and all of that and keep to the word and whatever, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Even God, he says it's not of him that run it or will it. But God that shows mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says greatness is compassion towards us. So sometimes... Paul is talking about humility here because he knows that the believers, one of the biggest hindrances to forgiving people is pride, spiritual pride. Why we can't forbear how somebody can go wrong, how things can go against us, how can somebody be unholy in the church, how can somebody be unthankful, how can somebody be, be uh, immature, how can somebody be revengeful. I can't take it. When you position yourself that way, you struggle to live with the brethren. Hallelujah. You struggle to live with the brethren. But when you can understand that, ah, you are not being, no, it doesn't mean you are, you, are, you are being liberal. No. You know the word of God. But even the scripture says, even rebuking ought to be in love, according to Ephesians 4. Correction. I think 4.23 or so, or 24. Ought to be in love. So I'm correcting you. You are wrong. I know you are wrong. But I don't have to say you are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. No, no, no. Even correction ought to be in love. 
So even when you know you are, you, you, the scripture, I can give you 10 scriptures why you are, you are totally wrong and I'm totally right. I can prove it. But after proving it, I still need to do it in love. You still need to do it in love. Otherwise, you can, like the Lord told me years ago, and that guided me in many ways in relating to people. Say, don't win the argument and lose the people. Don't win the argument and lose the people. This is the Holy Spirit inspired word. You can add it to your, your own direction. And in, in this era where logic, rationalization, and arguments and intelligence guides a lot of us, young and old, children are justifying their, their actions and inactions. Parents are justifying. Husbands are justifying. Wives are just, everybody, everybody is right. Nobody is wrong. In this era, if we, we are not careful, we can't repent. Because everything we can rationalize, even in the presence of God. Oh, but God, you know that this one, it wasn't, it, I'm not the only person, even in America, people are doing worse. In France, they are doing worse. This one, uh, you know, this one, you know, you know I, I wasn't looking. It just happened that it came my way. And you know, I understand. But God is looking at the intent. He's not looking at your logic and the fluency of your English and arguments that you are using to explain yourself. Hallelujah. So he says to us, be humble. Tell your neighbor, be humble. Humility helps us to forbear one another. If we are not humble, it will be very difficult to be tolerant and to, when people make mistakes around us, your husband, your wife, your friend, church member, a pastor, whatever, you see that we, 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 go, we can go extreme. And we can never forgive them, even forgive ourselves. Let's be humble. Because we can easily fall into that situation. In fact, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 tells us, tells us that, Let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. A lot of times, we are very judgmental because we think that it can never be our time. And somebody said, it's because your time hasn't come. Or yours has not been exposed. Amen. So let's be humble. Another thing that is clear to me as I relate to people is that I understand that loving brethren is a difficult task. I've always maintained, I say this all the time, Ephesians 4.3. Paul said, endeavoring. When you see an endeavor, Range Rover endeavor, Land Rover Endeavor. It means it can cross rocky mountains. Difficult situations. Endeavor. And there they have challenge. Endeavor challenges on TV. Challenge. Climb mountains. It's a risky thing. Nobody said loving people is cheap and easy. No. God knows it. And it's in His Word. It can be difficult, it can be dangerous. Because the people you are showing love to are the people can, they can hurt you. But that is the name of the game. Dr. Farajan said the name of the game is evidence. When it comes to love, the name of the game is endeavor. Danger. It's, it's real. It's risk. Bishop, it's risk. If you are a pastor, you are at risk. When you are short, they will talk. When you are tall, they will talk. When you wear white shirt, they will talk. When you wear black shirt, they will talk. If you're a pastor's wife, it's even worse. 
Every mistake of the pastor is because of the pastor's wife. If you're a pastor's child, you you have your own problems. <laughs> and if you're a church member, you you have your own problems. So, look, the, the, you just have to accept it. The name of the game, danger. Loving danger. The local musician, they made us, they said, although you woo, adobe you woo. Some love is like death. It borders on death. But even, uh, was it Shakespeare or Dick, Charles Dixon who said that love is stronger than, what do you call it? Death. It's so, it, it's difficult. It's close. It's a risk. Because when you identify, look at Jesus, identify with this woman who is labeled in the town as a bad person, unholy woman, that unholy woman. And Jesus is identified with him. What do you think the people will say? Ah, he has been visiting the unholy woman. Why are you a friend of an unholy person? Loving brought him to that point. Allowing the love of God to de- 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 descend to that woman created a problem for Jesus. Look at the, the critics. It was the, the same love moving him to bring healing to people on the Sabbath. Aye, trouble. His critics got up. They lambasted him. Risky. The greatest risk he took was to shed his own life, his blood. But we haven't we, we haven't had to put in our lives. How far have we gone? How much price have we paid for showing love? Your father said, we are, when he, he's fighting what? Sharks and whales. People are fighting tilapias <laughs> and they are crying. <laughs> How much love? How much risk have you taken for your love? That you are crying. Humble yourself. And understand also that love is not easy. I want to wind up with two points. That's but I'll just end up with these two. Number one, number one of the last two is Have mercy on the unlovable. You see, when you look at the people that are described there, it's there in Second Corinthians, Second Timothy three. All these behavior that is there in the last days, they are signs of people who are going to destruction. Number one, hellish destruction, self-destruction, emotional destruction. Relationship destruction. Look at them. Let's see it. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 there. Look at it. This. Men shall be lovers of them own selves. Covetous. Boasters. All these are signs of people who are heading for destruction. Don't you mobile? needs mercy. And you see, and that's why James in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, in chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It's a, a scripture the Lord has 
revealed to me many times and helped me to relate to people. James. So where there is envy and strivers, there is confusion everywhere. There's 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy. Now, that full of mercy there is loaded. It means that when somebody is misbehaving, misbehavior is going to lead to destruction. Pride. The Bible says, when somebody is proud, pride, pride goes what? Before a fall. So when you see somebody who is demonstrating pride and boastful, being boastful, it's there about the end time. Boastful. And, and you, you are you rather, you are angry, you are worried. Uh, I will show him where power lies. The person is boastful. He is heading towards self-destruction. He has, he, has, he has judged himself into eternal destruction. And yet you are worried. And you are going to face him to prove that. You want to bring him down. The Bible says God resists the power. That battle belongs to God. You are taking on the battle. Can you fight for God? The person is proud. God resists the proud. God is the one who is going to take on the, the battle of the pride, the proud. And you have decided that, no, I will take on that place by showing where power lies. I'll face him. I'll face her. Let me speak something to her. People are allowing him to, or her to have so much faith. I will show him. That's why you find it hard to let go and to love. Because the revelation of mercy when you see that the person needs the, your, the mercy of God, you see that this person, if he continues this way, something destructive will happen to him. Look at uh, uh, Herod in the Bible. Herod, the dead pride. He started boasting. And the Lord said, ah, You are done. You are finished. But before he realized, the Bible said, he, Magos ate him. So, you have to have mercy on people that are behaving in an untoward manner that provokes you to want to also uh, revenge or show that, hey, you don't deserve my love. Are you getting it? Catch the revelation there. When there is a lot of mercy in your heart, you can love people. Mercy not in giving arms. No. I'm talking about mercy in getting a revelation of what will happen to the wicked. What will happen to the person that is proud? What will happen to the people that is the person that is uh, uh, ungrateful? You have spoken. The person is still ungrateful, or the person is rather you did good, and the person rather is doing you evil. Oh, don't don't take on the battle. Don't, leave it. The battle belongs to the Lord. But say, oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to report here, and I'll face him. I'm I'm going to write this. I'm going to do this. And then you are just getting petitions when you see him or her. Say, then every time you are, look, you are praying that God will vindicate you. Lord, vindicate me against this person. Let, me, let him or her know that I, I, I am, you are a God of justice and of righteousness. And as for you, 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 you I'm, all, I'm more of your child than this person. My, you hear my prayers more than this person. This person is unrighteous. I am righteous. Why should you allow the unrighteous to rule over the righteous? No. And you are panting. You are fasting. All the motive of the fasting is wrong. All the quotations you are giving, they are wrong. The weapons are being mis misused. Hallelujah. The last point, I, there are a few more I could show, but 
Let me just end on this. Become a fool if you want to be loving, especially of death to be loved, as I've described in Second Corinthians Timothy three. You got to be a fool. Paul said it in First Corinthians six seven. Why don't you allow yourself to be defrauded? Sometimes, in the eyes of men, you may look like a fool. So why do you go to court against one another? Why don't you allow yourself to be defrauded? Why don't you allow... Sometimes, it looks as if you've lost an argument. It looks as if you are, you are, not, you are not pushing hard enough. I learned that years ago, a few years ago. So I said, when I push... One, the Bible said, Paul said, after a first and second admonition, it gets to a certain point, you need to know that now the battle belongs to the Lord. Are you with me? Okay. After the first and second admonition, you need to take a back seat and allow God to deal with it. But if you say, I want to push it, until God finishes the work with me. I, you have to put that. I, 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 I've created an NGO and we are lobbies. And as well as we are for uh, the, 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 the whatever advocates, advocacy group against so and so, against this behavior, against this trend, against injustice, and against uh, ingratitude, against unthankfulness, against unholiness, against unrighteousness, against. And so that's my campaign message. So I'm mobilizing all. Anti this and anti that. Look, I will, I, I, today I was listening to the news and I heard Mr. Kwam Nahoy, Professor Kwam Nahoy. That's why you have to be careful about following people all the time. Confessing that, oh, you know, our party has come around and this, we started on a hot revolutionary front. Now we have changed, we have been renewed, we have been transformed. They were talking to pastors, I think. And I said, look at this man. You have caused many young men's lives to be ruined. People left university second year, first year, because they thought they were following a just cause. People have lost their friends. They, they have friends who can't come around us as old boys because they followed their revolution because they were so hot, tempered. They were willing to disown their friends and relatives. They have died. Some have died before their time. And you are now sitting here and saying you have done renewal. And so, you see, I used to have a, a long uh, communist beard. I have cut it. I said, Lord, have mercy. You see, so be careful. Don't follow people too strongly with your heart. Because tomorrow they can just turn around. So, I've seen that, oh, the Marxism is not real. Now I'm this, there you are. You who has followed, you sold all your shoes, you sold all your shirts, you sold all your land, you sold everything you had in life. Say, ah, that guy has changed. Today, even Putin, Putin, Putin is building mansions. <laughs> he has businesses, oil fields and all. The world is, that, that, so don't follow people and, and their philosophies. Listen to God. Hallelujah. Be a fool for the Lord. Don't be so hard about anything like that. This is a do and die. Nothing. If this, I don't get this, and I don't do this. No, the world will crash, and I'm so hurt. And no, 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 no. Don't allow anything to do that to you. Heaven and earth, Jesus said, will pass away. But not an iota of my word. Beloved, 
We must be serious about life, but don't be too serious. Learn to relax about life. When you are too serious, you can't enjoy the message of God. And you can't pass on the message of God to I, 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 I'm, I'm quite, I try to be organized. I don't think I'm that, that organized. I try to be methodical, but I'm telling you that in my heart, I know that I don't have it all. I don't control it all. So when God speaks and God wants to make a move, I have to allow. Hallelujah. It's not everything I can. You see, men, many of our relationships are being destroyed because the mindset that I have to be in control. And it even kills faith. Doesn't allow God's word to work. We don't allow God and His grace to work. Paul said, he, The Lord told him, My grace is sufficient for you. Even in relating to people, if you, you, you are struggling to let go of somebody, say, Lord, help me, help my unbelief. I'm struggling. I want to forgive this person, but it's becoming a problem. Anytime I see him or her, still that pain seems to be there, Lord, the Holy Spirit. Deal. One day you'll just be there, the Holy Spirit will just lift that thing. I used to like Coca-Cola and Fanta and the rest so much, malt. One day, I just woke up and the Holy, uh, I believe the Lord helped me out. I just lost appetite. Now, if I see Coca-Cola, Fanta, it doesn't appeal to me. I must be very hungry in the night or some to drink a bottle of Coca or Fanta. I see it, it, it the fridge is only for visitors who want. Me, I don't have any appetite. Appetite is gone. And it's because God helped me. See, some of these things, if you cast your cares to him, the Lord will help you. God knew that if I was not careful, I would get diabetes early. So the sugar has to reduce. The same way, if natural things, God can help me. How much more moral and spiritual things? God is here to help you. Amen. So don't take life as Olympic Games, World Cup, and do and die. If this guy cheated me on this, he didn't do it well for me. The way I, I put in my money, they have served me. I, I'm going to pray for heaven, thunder and lightning to kill them all. That my auntie, the way they cheated me of my father's estate and my uncle, they are taking this one, taking that one, taking uh, I'm going to, me, I don't have anything to do with them again. Oh. Hey! Be careful. Who gave birth to you? Who sustains your life? Do you know that we are all carrying imaginary oxygen? We don't see it. Every one of us, there's a heavenly oxygen mask. The moment the angel remove your oxygen mask, that's all. <laughs> you do whatever you want to do, that'll be the end. That's why we must be careful. Humble yourself. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Let's pray. Talk to God, somebody. Maybe there's one particular thing that is disturbing you. You find it hard to let go. I ask the Lord, Lord, give me grace. Something is irritating you. Somebody is provoking you. A situation is, is, is harassing you. And you are struggling to say, I've had enough. May God help us. Say, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Sometimes it's over, but you see that the irritation is still there. May God give you the grace. May the Lord give us the grace to let go. Every heaviness, 
Every pain. Maybe you feel like you are the offended party. May the Lord help you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody help. Lord, help somebody. Lord, reveal your truth to your people. Even in dreams. Take away every guilt. Every shame. Because of the blood of Jesus. Because of your mercy. Lord, you said we are not consumed. May we also pass on this message to others that they will not be consumed. That they will not be destroyed because of our anger. Because of our frustration. Because of our pain. May it not lead to destruction of others. May our opportunities bring life to others. In Oh Lord, help us. Now Lord, reign your mercy upon your church. Let your mercy abound in your church. Let it flow like a river in your church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh Lord, let every man be a liar and let you, God, alone be true. Be exalted in our lives, in our thoughts, in our speech, in our relationships. Be magnified. Let your love that you are shared in our, in our hearts by the Holy Ghost spread, O oh Lord, to affect all our brethren in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for mercy and for grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah.